All right. Discuss your truth, you Trottier. Here we go again. Uh, look, you know, there was a David Knight uh, interview that um, that I had uh, that I had done uh, a number of months ago uh, last year, and uh, I see that it uh, hadn't been uploaded. So, if you go to Anchor.fm, you will find probably eighty-five to ninety percent of all the shows that I've done in the past four and a half years. Um, and um, the newest one, of course, is that David Knight show. It's not a uh, it's not a show that I did recently. It was done last year. Um, and uh, you know, one of the one of the questions I probably should have asked him was uh, why he left because uh, I believe he, he departed from the Alex Jones Network. Um, Alex being somebody I have met in passing, but do not know well. Uh, I know Mike Adams a little bit. Better and the two of them, I think, are fairly close. Mike Adams, a health health ranger. Um, e- yesterday, just recently, the most recent show that I have done, in fact, was with Michael Carnival, who was uh, recently uh, granted clemency from uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for uh, opposing the lockdowns and the mask mandates from Broward County. So being pardoned, uh, that uh, likely will go into effect here next month. There's a law prior to that. Patrick Byrne, uh, founder and former CEO of Overstock.com, uh, has joined me, um, including a recent guest of mine, Nicholas Wildstar, running for California governor. So uh, today we are going to transition into Hollywood and we'll be bringing on here momentarily here in a few seconds uh, a fellow named Arthur uh, Canigris pardon that um, pronunciation and I and I should uh, uh, Canigus yes Canigus um, should know this better we're going to be talking about a uh, uh, basically the concept of a world government so uh, without any further ado uh, ado do let's bring in uh, Arthur Canigas, uh right now. So again, welcome to discuss your truth. And I am uh, Ian Hamilton Trottier. Bring Arthur in via Skype right now. And I know he's expecting uh, expecting a call. So um, I think I've gotten the uh, the right. Oh, I just here we go. How are you? Arthur, good to connect with you, sir. All right. Good to have a good talk. Looking forward to talking to you here. All right. Now, we're recording, not live. Right. Right. This is this is pre-recorded. This is a pre-recorded. So, uh, but it will, we, uh, but I do not edit. So, uh, <laughs> speak your mind freely. Okay. Now, did you get to watch the, uh, did you already get to watch our movie? I did. Uh, I, I I have gone through. Um, uh, let's see. So there's some. There's some. Uh, some videos on RT. There's ABC. Uh, you've oh, got. Yeah. A, yeah, you got a few different clips that I've that I've had a chance to, to run through. So the world is my country. Um, yes. Is uh, is 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 what we are what we are conceptually uh, talking about here, and I think it's a wonderful, um, a wonderful uh, movement that you're putting together that for listeners to understand. Does have the uh, the support 
because he's uh, I think he he stars in a documentary, doesn't he? Martin Sheen. Arthur. Okay, maybe a hiccup there. Can you hear me, Arthur? Switch to the right Wi-Fi. Uh, how's my sound now? Sound is intact. I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah, I was just on the wrong uh, Wi-Fi. I know in uh, in in uh, Skype how to here audio and video settings. How to make sure I'm using the right uh, audio. Yeah, I'm using the right camera. And let me see what my audio is on. Audio. Uh, let me switch that to the uh, well. How's my audio because there's also uh, see if this is better this is the better mic how does this sound now does it get better when I switch to this mic yeah that's better yeah okay yeah I just have to switch it to another mic alright <laughs> uh, well good to talk to you Ian thank you very much thank, thank you um, right, so um, so really, what you, what you what you've put together here, uh, the world is my country, is um, it really it could be rephrased, right? The world is our country, and so I think that's ideology, uh, ideologically, this is what you're you're doing behind um, behind the philosophy and the movement of a, a fellow named Gary Davis, who I frankly, author, I'd never heard of him. Yeah, well, he was uh, he was a song and dance man back in the golden age of Broadway, and he was wowing audiences by doing Danny Kaye's double talk numbers and getting 13 curtain calls. All he wanted to do was, you know, continue his Broadway career and make people laugh. But along came World War II, and he finds himself in a bomber plane ordered to bomb the city of Brandenburg. And his own son, own brother, has just been killed in the war, and he says. My God, why am I killing people in their homes and schools and factories? You know, just because they're on the wrong side of some invisible line. When I when I fly over from my airplane, I can't even see it. You know, and then he sees the footage of Hiroshima and he says, "My God, what if I'm recalled to active duty to bomb Moscow in a war that would end life on Earth? This is insane. I've got to do something. But what can I do? I'm just an actor. Yeah. So, <laughs> want to hear what he did? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he went to Paris. Uh, the United Nations in 1948 was meeting in Paris because the building wasn't built yet on the East River. And so he pulls off this grand act of, of political comedy right there at the United Nations General Assembly. Uh, what he does uh, is he leaps up in the middle of the session and he says, the nations you represent divide us and lead us to the brink of total war. He says, what we need is one government for one world, an election of, of, by, and for the people of this planet. And if you won't do it, step aside, and a people's world assembly will arise from our ranks to do it. Beautiful. <laughs> well, here's this guy interrupting the UN, and you see this in the old footage. Most of the delegates around him are actually applauding him. And in fact, the, uh, the, the, the president even like recognizes him. But... What happened, of course, he's hauled away because you're not allowed to interrupt a, a UN session. But this rivets war-weary Europe. War, Europe is so fed up with war. They've just had two world wars. They're still in the devastation. People are picking through the ruins and ashes. And so they get so excited about this that Albert Camus, Albert Schweitzer, uh, John Paul 
start. Albert Camus, all, uh, uh, Simone de Beauvoir, all these famous uh, intellectuals come to his defense and rally, uh, have a huge rally at the velodrome, the big stadium that's like the, like, 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 like the Madison Garden of, of, of Paris. And 20,000 people rally demanding that the United Nations recognize the rights of humanity. Now this is on December 9th, 1948. On December 10th, the, the Soviets who for adamantly blocking the, United, the, the, the UN Declaration of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights that the U.S. delegate Eleanor Roosevelt proposed. Uh, he, they've been dropped. They, they dropped their objection and they let it get passed unanimously. Now Gary says in the film, "We'll never know why, but on December 9th, we took over. We, the people, demanded our rights." And so. It's, it's a very interesting story. He has fired some of the leaders who went, went on to form the European Union and, and you know, take down the borders that, that, that you know, in time, since the European Union, whatever problems there may be with the European problem or whatever, people have disputes and so on. But in the 70 years since that was formed, now the single nation in the Union has fought a war with another nation. There have been civil wars, uh, but that's when there's a dispute of two different, you know, sovereignty people for the same place. But it, 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 what Gary says is law stops war. I mean, inside the U.S., we don't fight wars between, you know, we don't have wars between, you know, California and Nevada. I mean, if they have a dispute, they take it to court. And uh, so he basically makes the case that we need to do that, but we need to save ourselves from oppressive government by being government from the bottom up of the people of the planet. Yeah, that's that's the whole idea behind a... Uh Behind a behind a, a democracy, right, and 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 a voting equality and voting and then that sort of thing, which of course we conceptually received from 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 Athens. What 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 got what got you involved, uh, Arthur? What got you involved in, in looking at the the work, this activism from uh, from Gary Davison? I, I've I've never heard the name. I've heard uh, other Davis names, but I haven't heard of Gary Davis. Well, it started with my. I knew, actually knew Gary. I knew him as the fellow who was putting out these these world passports, wow. world ID documents, all based on the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And uh, you know, I, I knew he was an activist, but I I didn't know his amazing story until uh, actually his son encouraged me to read his book, My Country Is the World. And you know, it's an astounding book. It's filled with action and drama. And you know, as you'll see when you watch our film. Uh, it's almost like the script of a, of a feature film. In fact, that was our first idea to make a feature film about him, except the budget came out too high for, uh, for Sony Pictures to do it, so we ended up uh, doing a documentary. But uh, this, this story is, is so much fun and so really, it gives a song and dance man on a mission to save the world. And it's filled with, you know, what, what, what Martin Sheen calls a roadmap to the better future, inspiring ideas that we need in our current world when we're so divided and separated, torn apart by our divisions. Right. And so talk about, um, talk about Martin Sheen. And I want listeners to understand that uh, this isn't the first time that you've, you've done something like this. You, you have a history of working with, uh, with Paul Newman's, but, but, but first talk about uh, your work with Martin Sheen. How did he get involved and, 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 and how has it been received so far? Yes, okay. Well, first we went, of course, to his managers and his, and his agents, and they all said, oh, no, no, he's not interested. Then we used various networking, got to his personal assistant. She said no. But finally, uh, we actually got his, uh, a friend of a friend got his wife. 
call almost midnight, and my wife says, who could be calling us in the middle of the wow. night? And it's Martin Sheen, Martin Sheen here. <laughs> I love the film. I, you know, I just fell in love with Gary. When he, when he could have power, when he could have power, when he rallied all those people to Velodrome and people started calling on him to be the leader, and he said, you know, I'm not your leader. It's all of us, folks. You know, we're, we're, that's the whole idea. We want to get away from one person, you know, leading others. We've got to find it in each of us. And he said, when I heard that, I just fell in love with the guy. What can I do to help you? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And uh, and how's the reception been? Uh, uh, I, you know, how what's been the uh, what's been the reception? It sounds like sounds like well, uh, right this. Now, yeah. <laughs> right now, we're on a hundred public broadcasting stations across the country. Wow. Uh, you can go to the world is the world is my Sometimes people forget to put in the V. It doesn't work. The world is my And there you can click on the public TV stations and see all the uh, broadcasts. You can see if it's coming up in your area. And if you missed it or if it's not in your area, you can uh, get a ticket to watch it right here on your computer, right here now at home. Just click on the link through there, and you'll and you'll be watching it uh, tonight. So uh, anybody can watch it, and they can share it with friends. And if, if you have a group that wants to see it and have a Q&A with, with me, the director, afterwards, I'd be glad to talk. Uh, Gary sadly passed away at 2013, but he was 90, he was, he was four days short of his, of his 90, 93rd birthday, so he lived a, a good long life as a citizen of no nation, only the world for 65, 65 years of that life. He, was, he, he lived as a citizen of the entire planet. Wow, and talk a little bit more about that. I see, I, I see you showed that uh, on the screen there, that vaccine, or excuse me, not vaccine, the world, world passport there. Uh, talk a little bit more about that. All right, well, uh, Gary, Gary came to this realization. He said, look, if the Declaration of Independence says it is the right of the people to institute a new government, and he said, that's an incredible concept. Does that just mean old guys in gray wigs, or does that mean you and I? And, you know, and then that same idea we see in a constitution of almost every country that is based on the will of the people, will of the people. And then we even see that the United Nations, the Universal Declaration of Independence, says the will of the people shall be the basis of the authority of government. So Gary said, well, what the heck are we doing knocking our heads against the wall, trying to beg and plead our government leaders to make peace? when they can't do it. They're on the wrong civic level. Their loyalty is to the part, not the whole. Uh, and so we see that in the world, just ter- all, all the governments, all the empires lying, fooling their people because it's all, we have to do this to fight this war with the other. The exact same things they would never do within their country are suddenly legal outside. You know, Gary, said, you, can you believe this? In every country in the world, murder is illegal, but in the world it's not. You get metal you get rewarded. You can you can kill people outside of national borders. <laughs> That's why they set up that torture center for Guantanamo, just outside outside of uh, you know our national boundaries, and they can do anything they want. It's incredible. There's no law at the global level. So when Gary asked the UN, you know, to do that, Eleanor Roosevelt four days later put out a My Day column in which she, you know, said, well, you know. The UN's really just a, a place for nations to get together to let off steam, and she kind of chided Gary for you know for you know interrupting and so on. She said, but really, you know, she said how much better it would be if Mr. Davis would set up his own international government. Uh, she actually here's the president of the United States, so the, the president's wife, uh, a UN delegate, 
putting it back on him. You know, she, he said a people's royal assembly will arise from our life's ranks to do it. And I think she was kind of subtly, a little half tongue in cheek, but half saying, hey, if you guys want to do that, go ahead. We're not stopping you. You know, it is the will of the people that create government. So he said, well, okay. If we create government and if this universal declaration of independence lays out certain rights like article 13b uh, everyone has a right to leave any country and return to their own then why not issue isn't that really a mandate it, it even says in the beginning every individual every organ of society has to enforce that isn't it a mandate for us to go ahead and start enforcing that so he went down to washington dc and he set up this world service service authority that issues world documents based on that uh on that on that, that declaration and this operates right there in washington dc they put out world passports world ids world birth certificates and it's it's been controversial uh at one point he had a case that went all the way up to the supreme court over it and the government lost the file they couldn't find the file <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that means? I mean, the point is, how can they say there is no law outside of nations? So how can they say it's, it can't be a violation of U.S. law? It's not even in the U.S. It's outside of the U.S. I mean, there was no way they could handle it. They couldn't deal with it. So they keep issuing these. Nobody stops them or any way. They comply with, you know, the laws of, uh, about the... Uh, vetting people who, who get it first and making sure they're not they, having people put their fingerprint and, you know, real IDs so it's not, you know, a bunch of bots or something. But you can get these world documents. Now, any nation can refuse or accept a uh, passport and, and even during COVID, people haven't been accepting. Uh, it, it used to be at one point, uh, you know, over the course of the years, uh, uh, a hundred, almost, no, well, 90, 99, 99%, over 184 of the world's 193 nations that are in the UN uh, have stamped it one time or another, put visas, exit stamps. Uh, but right now, it's really almost impossible to travel. It's very difficult, but it's so useful. So many refugees, for instance, will, for instance, if you get to this country for, uh, and you want to get into the courthouse to have your, your hearing held for, uh, for wanting to apply for, uh, uh, for, you, you, you know, to uh, uh, to be rec to be recognized for uh, anyway, you ha even to get into a courthouse to have your case heard, you have to have an ID. So people use it for opening bank accounts, getting to courthouses, uh, getting housing. So so many useful things which you'll see if you go to our podcast, the People Power Planet podcast. You'll see uh, two podcasts with. David uh, Gallup, who is, heads this World Service Authority, he's a, a, a human rights attorney in Washington, D.C., and you can find out from our web website and from that podcast how you can get one and how uh, you can help stand up for the, to honor the fact that we are citizens of one small globe here. Well, I think I, I, think I am interested, and I, I'll, I'm going to personally look into that uh, further. Have you uh, gotten the support of anyone, anyone else, uh, the colleagues in, uh, in, in your vicinity there in, in Los Angeles and Hollywood any any other leading industry uh, people come out to to align with you and Martin well uh, during the during our, our in our film you will see that uh, I went to a, a, a press conference with Leonardo DiCaprio who had an 11th hour press conference he was saying humanity wake up we're standing at the 11th hour of a midnight of unimaginable catastrophe. In fact, the, the bulk of the atomic scientist says we're, we're, four, we're, we're 100 seconds from such a uh, devastating end of humanity due to either climate change or nuclear war. And uh, he, uh, uh, so at this press conference, uh, I said to uh, 
DiCaprio, I said, well, you know, in all the movies, just when things look the dire, it's just when there seems like no hope, yes. a hero comes along and saves the day. I said, who's the hero who's going to save the day? And he said, and you'll see this in the film. Actually, I should, I should leave that as a cliffhanger and, and get you all to watch the film and, and watch yourself. See what, see what Leonardo DiCaprio said when you come to theworldismycountry.com and go ahead and uh, log in to, uh, to get yourself a ticket and uh, watch this uh, incredible movie. So you're getting the attention of, uh, of, of, of people like Martin, Martin Sheen. And talk a little bit about, uh, however, uh, uh, talk a little bit about the work that you've done with Paul Newman. Yes. Well, Paul was fantastic to work with. Uh, I was with a group of retired admirals and generals in Washington, D.C. who were speaking out for peace. Admiral Iraq was a nuclear war planner in the White House. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, nuclear war planner in the Pentagon when his kids were marching on the Pentagon protesting the Vietnam War. And this caused a little shakeup in his family, a little rethinking, and he began to think about, what is this I'm doing? You know, planning the extinction of humanity? What, I, mean, I mean, there's no way you can fight and win a nuclear war. The only way that I can be true to my oath of office, which was to protect and defend the United States of America, the only way to do that is to prevent a nuclear war. So he started this center with admirals and generals, saying we, we must, we absolutely must go on a path to peace. Uh, it's what, what Kennedy said at the UN. He said the weapons of war must be abolished or they'll abolish us. And so um, out of this, Paul Newman joined the board and uh, he was great. Uh, I filmed him in our film that we made called War Without Winners. You can actually watch that at warwithoutwinners.com. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, inspiring movie that is both uh, experts but also just ordinary people on the street in the U.S. and the Soviet Union. So often we paint this picture of this evil enemy and we got it person to person, you know, here's people on the street on both sides saying the same thing, feeling the same thing, having the same fears and the same hopes for their children in the future. So do watch warwithoutwinners.com. A war would truly be a war without winners and if we want to be winners we have to have uh, be winners without war, winners with peace. The uh, the last uh, person I think I had on my show from from Hollywood, and I'm putting you into that Hollywood. I don't know if you're in Hollywood or not, but uh, certainly Martin Sheen is uh, is a guy named John Barber, who's considered a pi- the pioneer of uh, reality TV. Um, the question I have for you at this point, uh, Arthur, is uh, just some comments for viewers on um, what they can do to make. Uh, Make the country uh, a, a, a better place, if you will. What's your view of the past 18 months with the, the lockdowns and COVID-19 and the vaccinations? Do you have any comments in regards to that? Well, I would say that the one thing that this, uh, that this epidemic shows us is that military budgets and national security won't save us. It doesn't matter how many... You know, it didn't save us from 9-11. It, uh, it, right in the film, we have a beautiful scene of Gary standing in the rubble of 9-11 saying, you know, folks, all of yeah. the bombs, all, all of the missiles, uh, all the nuclear weapons couldn't protect me, you know, and uh, they can't. Uh, it's a false illusion to think that we gain security by fighting wars. Like right now we see in the Middle East wars that have gone back and forth for centuries and one side kills and the other side kills and the other side kills. And each time they think, oh, somehow this is going to solve the problem. You know, you know what the reality is? Killing bad guys doesn't solve problems. 
Right. It's also the only way to vanquish. If you kill a bad guy, then his, then his family hates you, and, and they're going to come back and be more bad guys, and you're going to be more bad guys. The only way that really, and that may work in, you know, in, in the movies, killing bad guys, solving problems. In real life, the only way to totally vanquish, totally eliminate the enemy, and I, I don't mean to be religious here, but it was what Jesus said, love your enemy. That's the thing that actually dissolves and disappears enemies. Uh, I mean, take Japan after World War II. Here was this evil enemy and all the things they did in Germany. Well, what did we do? Somehow we had an administration with the foresight to start the Marshall Plan. We rebuilt their countries. We loved them. And they were so stunned. I, you know, my wife's talking to people in Japan who said, like, we thought we would get, you know, treated like people we occupied. And, you know, we were, we were terrible to them. And, and, I mean, you just treated us so well. You, you, we, and we thought we owe you a debt of gratitude. And we had to make ourselves the best we could to create good technology. And that's why we have all these iPhones and all this technology. They knocked themselves out to, to prove they were worthy of the, uh, of the love we gave them after that war. And, you know, that's how you actually make yourself more secure. If after 9-11 we had capitalized on all the love pouring in from around the world of people wanting to support us, and instead of launching this war on terror, had launched a, uh, launched a, 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 a big thing to really make America the best of all it can be, uh, and then, then people gravitate to us. Uh, we don't have to, they don't gravitate to us because we repress them with bombs and missiles and torturing people in Guantanamo and around the world and dropping bombs all over the world and having military bases all over the world, you know, that, that doesn't, and, and overthrowing democratic governments because they're not supporting our, 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 our big corporations, that doesn't make us more secure, uh, our corporate interests, that makes us less secure, and in the long run, it also deprives those companies uh, of the true abundance and happiness we'll have uh, when we do develop what Gary called the people-powered planet. <laughs> yeah, you're doing some great work, and, and, I, and I can't agree with you more, uh, these, uh, these 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 military conflicts are mindless, and you know, I always I always say on my show that uh, that that violence is a is a very weak form of resolution. Um, I personally never joined the military for that reason. I do believe in self defense, but but I believe that wars and and physical conflicts can always be averted and avoided. And so I commend you for the work that you're doing, and and uh, and, and certainly happy from that standpoint that Gary uh, Gary did the work that he did. Uh, have you gotten? Any uh, support from uh, people in the United Nations, for instance? Well, uh, one of the people you hear in the film is uh, Barbara Mueller, whose husband was the uh, was the uh, undersecretary of, uh, of, of 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 the United Nations for uh, the deputy uh, undersecretary of well, I guess undersecretary of the United Nations for oh, it's called assistant uh, under, uh, general att attorney general of the United Nations. Uh, and he uh, actually gives a, has a beautiful comment that she mentions about really feeling that Gary helped inspire the leaders of the European Union. Uh, we would like to have more connection with the UN. We'd love to have a screening there. If anybody uh, listening has connections there and wants to help us out with that, uh, we would love to be. Uh, uh, I think that there's a, there's a real hunger there for finding solutions above the, the nations that divide us. So many of the delegates are frustrated with this current system that's really not bring us together as a planet and I think they'd be open to hearing some new thoughts yeah what do you what do you what do you, what do you as we wind down here and I appreciate your uh, your time Arthur what, what do you what are your what are your thoughts on uh, what is supporting that uh, for instance if we if we go with Vietnam and we go with Iraq and Afghanistan and we think 
hey, these are these are corporation uh, re, uh, interest in, in, in natural resources. What what is your thought on that? What is what is driving? If we apply that, what is driving this uh, uh, kind of uh, movement? Is it is it is it man's uh, uh, kind of inability to, to to cope with greed? What, what do you think? I think it's broken political economic systems. You see, uh, in 1776, it was a brilliant idea to send people by horse and buggy to a distant city to represent us uh, to create, you know, you know, if you were trying to create a democracy back then, you didn't even have the telephone, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have any of that. So how are you going to do it? You had to send people to meet in the same room. Well, in our film, Gary says, hey, folks, today we can all meet in the same room, the global room. And what he called for is a, is a totally new kind of system for how we govern. He said this old win-lose democracy doesn't work, you know. It was a great advance again back then. Uh, originally, you know, we had a meme back then, Robert's Rules of Order, you know, he, this, this guy, Robert, created this, and then all the world people started using it in their clubs and their, this before the internet, they used it in their clubs and in their schools and in their organizations, parliaments also, parliamentary procedures. Uh, well, we can invent something much newer and better in this age, and he called it syntegrity, and it's the idea that, you know, if you get a group of, say, say you have a groups like these Zoom meetings we've been having, but you have people from opposite sides of political issues, Arabs and Israelis, uh, you know, the Palestinians, and the, uh, uh, the, the people of Gaza, and the people in Israel, and you get them into this same room, and you don't say who's right and who's wrong, because then you're going to go, <laughs> but if you say, okay, Let's, let's have these, the, the set of rules for how we're gonna talk. First, you know, we want each person to talk about, you know, a little bit of their personal story. And then what are, what are your hopes and dreams for the future? What would you like to see? What's the, what's the future you picture? Uh, what, what's the biggest thing that, you know, the biggest pain you're feeling? And, and you start connecting on that kind of global, that level, you start finding people come to synergy. I mean, there's so many wonderful movies about that. There's one called Free Trip to Egypt, where this fellow went to Trump rallies with a, a sign, Free Trip to Egypt, and of course, some people spurned him, but he got uh, Trump supporters to go live with, uh, uh, you know, with, 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 with people who were Islamic, and they fall in love with these families. They say, gee, I wish all Islamic people, I wish all Jewish people were like you. You know, they, they, they connect at that human level, and uh, if you create this this system where you have these small groups like that all interacting and they're all being amalgamated into the, to the next group, the next group, you know, just as on Google, you can uh, put a word in and before you finish typing that word, you've searched all the information banks of the world and come up with just the answer you're looking for. Well, we need something that takes all the, the highest and best wisdom of people and amalgamates it into the will of the people globally. And once we create that will of the people, that, that sovereignty of the whole, that'll have incredible power. I mean, think of it right now, there's no way we can vote or have any say in what goes on globally. Let's create it, folks. We can't wait for governments to give it to us. They're not going to do it. We, the people, have to do it. And that's why there's such a startling uh, documentary and story, and that's what we work on every week in the People Power Planet. We, we have weekly discussions, Wednesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific, about, you know, how are we going to do that, folks? How can we carry out this incredible vision that, that, that Gary Davis left us with? Well, and I like the illustration there. The, the, the one that catches my eye is the kid with the, uh, with the missing teeth. The, the youngster with his... <laughs> That's great. I got a little crack there, but I'm going to put a new one in. Did you draw that? You drew that? 
No, no, no. Oh. We have a wonderful art. And throughout our movie, there are wonderful cartoons like this, and they're by, uh, they're by. And Mark was a, a friend of Gary's for uh, tw 25 years. He he cartooned him. He had a Gary had a newsletter called World Citizen News, and Mark would be the one doing the illustrations. And he's been drawing cartoons of Gary and great cartoons for, well with Gary for a quarter of a century, and more than that, a lifetime cartoonist and illustrator. And uh, uh, we were so fortunate uh, in our film, mostly every scene in Gary's life, we found incredible historic footage documenting, but whenever there wasn't uh, footage to show something, we had a cartoonist do it, because here Gary is an entertainer, a song and dance man, so we decided, let's make the illustrations just as much fun as uh, the story that Gary's telling. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Arthur Canagus, uh, Arthur, what's uh, what's next for you? Uh, is, is this is this pushing the momentum? Uh, you got a lot of momentum behind this. You're going to keep going with this. You got something else you're going to work on, and uh, what's going on with Martin? Well, okay, this film, I think, it, 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 yeah, definitely, we want to jump on the uh, bandwagon of being of, of having on PBS stations across the country to take it on the streaming platforms to take it out to other uh, other nations around the world and develop that. Uh, we also uh, my long-term vision, and I'd love to find more people to rally with us to support this, and that is to create a ongoing, like a Netflix series leading into kind of a transmedia project where we actually have kids and others dwelling in that future that we'd all like to live in. You know, we have so many movies uh, telling us all the horrors we can face ahead. We have so many stories about apocalypse but we really don't have a good vision of, of, of what is it like? What is it we want to move toward? What's the future that would be the bright future we'd all want to live in? And, you know, our visions help create our reality. I learned years ago, meditating in, in, uh, in friends' meeting, that, you know, what I, if, if you visualize strongly enough what you want, it's more likely to happen in your life. And that's what, why am I constantly making movies like War Without Winners about what we don't want, nuclear war, the day after I did the nuclear war research for the day after. Uh, you know, about films we don't want, the futures we don't want, why don't we create visions of the future we do want? Because visions have great power. So my long-term vision is that we will create a vision, uh, a workable vision of, a, a, of really a workable world, a world that works for everyone, and uh, that uh, we would love to have uh, allies in that as we develop that. So that's the, that's the bigger picture of where I'd like to go. Fantastic. So uh, uh, thank you for, for joining the program. And uh, listeners obviously can, uh, can go to uh, uh, theworldismycountry.com and get more information. And uh, there they can reach out to you, I'd imagine, or at least some of your administrative support. Um, you have any closing comments? Something you, you, something you, you pretty, pretty much summed it up in a very, very nice way there for, uh, for listeners and viewers. Uh, do you have any closing comments? Something to something to leave in the yeah. Just one other thing. Do go to peoplepoweredplanet.com without the hyphen. Just one word: peoplepoweredplanet.com to join our weekly discussions and how we build this uh, world we choose. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank the viewers and go, turn back to you. Uh, uh, the answer to that question, uh, you know, the the hero really has to be you, all of us, and we have to join together to make this better world. So thank you for your interview and. Uh, Looking forward to, uh, uh, to to carrying on. Thank you, and I look forward to reaching back out to you. and uh, And thank thanks to your publicist, who uh, I don't know if you know this, but she she had approached me, and I had never heard of her. and uh, And I'm very very glad that you and I connected. Great, excellent. 
Uh, okay, I'd love to talk to you offline when you get off camera here. We can at the end of the show. Thank you. Okay. <laughs>